maybe you are curious about intuitive eating because you're over diets. You don't have a great relationship with food because you haven't had a stretch of time where you trusted yourself around food. Goodbye diets and hello sustainable health. I'm Elise, dietitian and nutritionist based in the Silicon Valley. I believe that we all deserve an effortless relationship with food without obsession. After more than a decade of dieting, binging, and everything in between, I want to help you heal and rediscover a healthy relationship with food. If you're a millennial looking for some food therapy, I'm here for you. Come with a glass of wine, we'll debunk wellness culture, hormone health, intuitive eating, and more. It's not about the food, ladies. Let's get to what you're really hungry for. Are you new to intuitive eating? I'm going to let you in on a secret. Me too. It's not that it's new to the way that I operate as a person. I've always used the principles of intuitive eating in my own relationship with food and sometimes sprinkled in with patients, but I've never embraced every single principle of it in my work with patients until now. And I'm going to tell you why. Going way back in the beginning of my career as a dietitian, I was actually very conflicted on how to counsel people to have a healthy relationship with food and body. A lot of them came in to me wanting to lose weight. I expected that. I knew that. But I always felt so, so uncomfortable when people wanted to lose weight. And if that was the first few words out of their mouths during our session, my heart would sink a little bit because I never ever liked asking about weight and weight trends and calories and the nitty gritty of food details. Maybe a part of me was projecting my own fear of triggering someone, but I never felt like that was the focus. I, I never felt like that was that important. How many nuts you're eating per serving or how your weight fluctuated day to day, that didn't interest me. What interested me was how are you taking care of your health? How do you approach food? Do you enjoy what you're eating? Are you energized by the food that you're eating? Are you constipated? What's your digestion like? Those things made more sense to me. I wanted to dive into those things more. But if someone purely wanted to ask me, hey, I want to lose X amount of pounds in X amount of time, I didn't want to get into calories. I didn't want to get into all of that. Honestly, deep down, I knew that an average person, even without a history of an eating disorder or disordered eating, they wouldn't benefit that much if I went into the nitty gritty details of every calorie or how to lose weight by doing this one strategy or this one approach. I just wanted the best for my patients, which was having a healthy relationship with food, eating all of the food groups if possible, and getting a variety of foods, and taking care of those bits and bobs that I talked about. How's your energy? Would energy be improved by better sleep and exercise? What about your digestion? Can we get that to be a little bit better for you so that you feel lighter? Those were the things I cared about. The tools that I used in my practice year one was always, how do you feel about your appetite? What is your hunger and fullness like before and after each meal? Did different meals have a different effect on your energy and your satiety? Those are all the tools that I used personally as I was recovering from my own disordered eating slash eating disorder back when I was in college. I'm going to do a flashback real quick. In my undergrad years, so... Back when I was in Berkeley, 
I went to see the campus therapist. I was in the deep, dark trenches of an eating disorder. I basically was binging my face off for days and weeks on end sometimes, and then I would snap out of it. But then a few days or weeks later, I would go back down that rabbit hole and be in this haze. All to say, I was not in a good place mentally and physically. What I remember most vividly with our work together was she had me do this one exercise. And this one exercise was logging my food, not in the calorie sort of way, but how do you feel kind of a way? What is your energy and hunger like before that meal? What is it like after that meal? How did you feel mood wise before the meal and after? Were you anxious, depressed, sad, lonely? Give me all of those words and map out the timing of when you ate. I remember doing it only for a few days and that one exercise, that that moment in time stands out to me. It was, I want to say, the turning point of my eating disorder. That one exercise was truly the turning point of my eating disorder where I started to map out what was happening in the day. I would basically be starving the entire day. That was what it looked like until I got to the evening time. And of course, I would binge at night. It only added up to be that way. I noticed too that sometimes I would basically have a snack as a meal. I would have a frappuccino instead of lunch and of course be starving by dinner time. I didn't know why I didn't think about this before, but I needed to write it down for pencil to touch paper, for me to look at it and go over it with a professional. I needed her lens too to guide me and say, you know, have you noticed that this is happening? Have you given thought to why this might be happening? And then things clicked. I swear that was the day that I realized, okay, I I think I know why this is happening now. How does this relate to intuitive eating? You guys might know of the book and the principles and Elise Resch and Evelyn Triboli are the authors and they really pioneered this whole way of thinking, this new paradigm when it comes to navigating food and developing a healthy relationship with food. And truly, during my own recovery from my eating disorder, I use bits and bobs of the techniques and the strategies that they talked about. Whether it was journaling, my hunger and fullness and mood, that helped me tune in to my body. I essentially learned how to listen to my body with that one exercise. And over the years, it was just kind of a continuous fine-tuning of how does this make me feel? How does that make me feel? What are the emotions that trigger some kind of way in me that causes a binge? What are the situations I'm put in, the context that I'm in that causes me to act a certain kind of way? Is it when all of my roommates are gone and I'm home alone that I binge? Absolutely. That was like every single day or every single time that I was alone at home with no one to distract me. That was surefire binge time. So all of that to say is, you know, that one that one big principle of intuitive eating, which is relying on internal hunger and satiety cues. I really hone that in over years and years of noticing and practicing and just active awareness and then, of course, noticing what emotions, what context, what situations trigger different patterns of eating. 
I started to connect the dots and realize that I don't do well when I'm stressed, anxious, and lonely. That's when my emotions take over and that triggers a binge. The second core characteristic of intuitive eating is learning how to eat for physical rather than emotional reasons. And in the beginning, I was just putting two and two together. And then the third and last piece of intuitive eating is giving yourself unconditional permission to eat while learning to be in tune with your body. It's not that I just one day said, I'm just going to have all my fear foods. I'm just going to have all the bread and candy and chocolate and pizza. And honestly, that's not the way to approach it. In my case, I learned how to introduce foods one at a time. I want to say it took me years to reintroduce bread back into my life. Only maybe until last year did I actually eat bread without too much guilt or fear. Prior to that, I was introducing other foods, but bread was the last piece and it took me half a decade to reintroduce bread back into my life. All that to say is that unconditional permission to eat everything that you want, it's a step-by-step gradual process. Not to say that you can have everything you want all, all at once, day one, absolutely not. It's frequent exposures to foods that you're moderately comfortable with up to the very uncomfortable foods. And that's all in the context of being really mindful. So having the tools to be mindful and aware and then introducing those foods. So those are some of the core characteristics of intuitive eating. Relying on internal signals to guide you, eating for physical rather than emotional reasons, and giving yourself unconditional permission to eat while being really aware and mindful. Put those three pieces together, and that's a recipe for developing trust with food. That's how I like to think of it, because if you are someone who's been on diet after diet after diet, diets essentially erode the trust that you have with food, because there's so many rules to follow with each different type of diet, and all of those rules basically push away your internal signals. If you've ever been on, God knows, insert X diet. You know that you've had to push away hunger cues or cravings or a desire to eat a certain food because that diet doesn't allow you to. So the next time that you come out of the diet and you're introduced to those foods again, you are so afraid. It's so natural to have been following this basically religion and then presented with the sin. It's like, what do you do? It's hard to justify. It's easy to feel guilt. And so it just doesn't make sense dieting. It, it basically erodes trust. Maybe you are curious about intuitive eating because you're over diets. You, you don't have a great relationship with food because you haven't had a stretch of time where you trusted yourself around food or your body hasn't felt stable weight-wise and you've just been up and down and you have a whole wardrobe for a different season, for a binge season versus a diet season, and that's not how you want to live. Over the years, in the beginning, maybe I didn't tell my patients, hey, you know, diets don't work. Maybe let's really focus on your relationship with food. To be quite honest, I was too scared. I thought, you know, who am I to tell someone what they should believe in? If someone wants to lose weight or if someone wants to change their body, I'm here to support them where they're at. And I still believe that. I'm going to meet my patients and my clients wherever they're at. If you still want to lose weight and dislike your body, we're going to sit there with those emotions. I want to help you learn to accept your body a little bit more, even if you don't like it today. We want to come at your body from a place of self-care. As I read more about the studies on diets, in a study that looked at 21,000 participants, 
that spanned every single diet you can imagine from the Mediterranean to Atkins to keto to paleo to Weight Watchers, it showed that at one year, there was basically no weight loss. And for the most part, anyone that goes on a diet, two thirds of the people that come out of a diet end up weighing more than what they started off with because your body does not like weight loss. It literally cannot compute. It's really trying to keep you stable at homeostasis and keep you protected. And so it makes sense why even in twin studies, they find that twins, the one that went on a diet, actually has a higher chance of weighing more than the other twin because of the dieting. And so on a physiological level, your body is trying to compensate. And there's a lot of pathways behind that. But just think about that. You're putting your body at risk of being unhappy with you, essentially. And that's when the binging also kind of surfaces for a lot of the patients I work with. You're just kind of a hamster on a hamster wheel. Long story short, in the past, I might have supported someone if they told me, hey, I want to try the keto diet or hey, I want to try X, Y, and Z. Now I might be a little bit more forthcoming and be more honest and have the courage to say, hey, you know, have you considered the studies on weight loss? Can we reflect on your past experience with dieting? How did that affect your relationship with food? How did that affect the trust that you have with food and your body? That's what I hope to bring along with me the more I work with my patients and the more that I get into intuitive eating, the book itself. I just bought the updated version of the intuitive eating book. I'm ashamed to say this, but I've never read the book itself. I've had the workbook for years and years and years, and I've worked through that workbook. But this intuitive eating book itself, the standalone content behind it, the science, the studies, the research, all of it, over the, the past two decades that intuitive eating has been out, there's been so many studies that have been done on it to show the efficacy of intuitive eating in basically healing one's relationship with food, improving health as well. Things like blood sugar and cholesterol and blood pressure, intuitive eating has been shown to improve all of those factors as well as body image and self-esteem. The thing about intuitive eating, it helps you trust your body. And when you trust your body, you also learn to accept it a little bit more and it reduces body disconnection. And so it's really the, the door to a lot of positive effects. What I wanted to say also is the efficacy of using intuitive eating for binge eating and other eating disorders. I'm currently enrolled in a course with an eating disorders dietitian. She specializes in it. And one of the cornerstone practices is sprinkling in the principles of intuitive eating. And at the same time, I am taking a course to be a certified intuitive eating counselor with Elise Resch and Evelyn Trebley because I truly believe in this model. And I want to share with you how the 10 principles of intuitive eating can apply to eating disorders work. So the first one is rejecting diet mentality. It took me this long to finally realize that diets don't work and is not the answer for anyone. And for you, it might not be exactly rejecting diet culture and diet mentality immediately, but at least letting yourself not restrict. So instead of rejecting all diets, step one, the baby step into this is just letting yourself cool down on the restriction. How can you eat a little bit more regularly, eat a little bit more, get rid of some of that restriction mentality? That's principle number one. Principle number two is honoring your hunger. 
for a lot of us who have had a wonky eating pattern for years and years and years, maybe that just means eating more regularly, potentially three square meals and a few snacks in between. And maybe you hate that way of eating, but if you just bring some structure to the way that you're eating right now, it's going to allow your body to feel more comfortable and protected and not trigger those primal hunger urges. So give it enough time, give it enough consistency and regularity, your body will feel safer and not feel the need to binge as much. The third principle is making peace with food, and that's to really sprinkle in your fear of foods every so often. So maybe don't start off with your number one out of control fear food. Maybe it's something a little bit more gentle, a little bit more moderate. Put yourself in the best situation. Set yourself up for success when you're introducing those foods and give it time. Small exposure experiments time and time again will prove fruitful. So that's the third one. The fourth one is challenging the food police. So whenever you have a thought about a rule or what you should and shouldn't do or feeling guilt for that, ask yourself why. Why are you feeling guilty? Why are you feeling bad for doing that or eating that? At the end of the day, your body is so resilient. If you eat a cookie versus a piece of fruit, your body will still know what to do with the cookie. It's not like you're ruining your temple or ruining your body because of that one thing. There's no such thing. You just got to believe that it's resilient and those foods aren't toxic. It's not like they're poison. So you got to let those thoughts go a little bit. Just like how food digests in a few hours, let that guilt digest with it. The next principle is feeling your fullness, learning how to feel full again. Maybe you forgot what gentle fullness feels like. Maybe you've experienced extreme fullness and now it's hard to tell what gentle, comfortable fullness is. Here's a time to really practice that. The next principle is discovering the satisfaction factor. When it comes to food, you got to really enjoy food. We can't just be eating chicken and veggies all day. That is not not necessarily the most exciting life to live. And so when you sprinkle in satisfying foods that you really, really love, celebrating with food or celebrating with friends, there's going to be more enjoyment overall with food. And so you'll feel less deprived and you'll also feel less restricted, which can reduce some of that binging. The next one is coping with your emotions without using food. This one is huge, 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 huge. Usually emotions are the trigger for the binge and the dieting and restricting was upstream from that. And so if you can really notice what emotions cause what behavior, then you can connect the dots and know what situations to put yourself in. The next one is respecting your body. So we can't always be pining for a smaller body. That's going to be miserable. It, it is a pretty miserable sort of mindset. One of the things to really help yourself feel a little bit more at peace with food is starting to feel more at peace with your body. Because if you were to continue to hate your body, it would be near impossible to fix your relationship with food. Practicing a little bit of the strategies to help you accept your body in the here and now is so, so, so important doesn't mean you have to love your body. It just means that you can appreciate it a little bit more for what it is. The next one is exercise. How is your relationship with exercise? Is it more compensatory in nature 
or is it more for enjoyment? Ideally, you would exercise because you enjoy it and you like how it feels and you like the after effects, not the weight part, but you know, the energy boost maybe and the clarity of mind. So how to cultivate that is really important. And then the last and final piece is honoring your health. So when you do have unconditional permission to eat everything, eventually over time, you might want some of that veggie side dish in addition to the mac and cheese and chicken. You might want the fruit as a snack and the nuts because it gives you a little bit more sustained energy than a donut. Not to say that there's one better snack or another or one better food than another, but I think over time, your body will give you signals. This food makes me feel this way, and so I'll choose this food to make me feel another way. You'll be able to pick up on that, and naturally, that's kind of nutrition coming out via those signals and the awareness that you gather about how foods affect how you feel. All that to say is intuitive eating definitely has a role in healing binge eating and honestly, everyone's relationship with food, not just someone with a history of disordered eating or eating disorders. And again, health does not equal weight loss. Health can be achieved when you take consistent action in healthy behaviors every single day, regardless of your weight. Studies show over and over again that if you just take care of your body, give it enough movement, give it enough water, sunshine, and good food, it's going to optimize for cholesterol and blood sugar and blood pressure and all of those things that are happening internally. You can be whatever size body, and when you're engaging in those positive behaviors, that's what contributes to health. There is a time and place for intuitive eating. You can learn how to trust your body and trust yourself with all foods. Again, I believe in you. And, you know, it took me five years to trust myself around bread. Just give yourself that time and patience and you can too with all the foods that you feel so out of control with. In my practice with binge eating, patients in particular, I'm so excited to be taking part in Elise's and Evelyn's course on intuitive eating because I know that's going to help my patients so, so, so much. The more tools that I have in my toolbox, the more that I can serve you guys too in this podcast, in my sessions with patients. The reason why I'm taking all of these courses, guys, by the way, so this intuitive eating course, the eating disorders course, and now this body image self-study book is because I want to serve you all to the best of my ability and I want to make sure that I really support you in this journey and I want to basically fast track it for you so that you don't have to go through any more misery than you you need to because there's a way out and that's what I wanted to share with you today. So as much as you're new to intuitive eating, I'm new to it too in my practice with clients and patients. So it'll be a fun journey for anyone who just recently onboarded with me in my one-to-one private coaching. You guys are in for a ride. We're going to get through this together. I'll be drawing from my personal experience and so much from the intuitive eating books. So stay tuned. I have definitely more to share on this topic with you guys, the more that I learn. So thank you so much for letting me into your ears. I can't wait to talk to you guys next Tuesday. Until then, take care and I'll see you guys soon.